If you have a Bible, you need a Bible, you got one on your device, your phone, we're all going to be opening them up together to the, to the book of Luke. Yes, you Star Wars fans, Luke. Luke is where we're going this morning. Luke chapter, chapter one, you won't even have to go far. It's the third book in our New Testament when our, as we are going to unpack today together. Uh, just wonderful blessing of uh, what Mary might have uh, discovered and ran across. And, and we get to read her story and unpack it today. And uh, so if you're at home, I'm so glad you're here today. This is, this is going to be a fun season, a time. I, I, how many of you right now, and if you're at home right now, maybe you can, you can uh, say, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait for Christmas. In, in here, show of hands. How, who, are you excited for Christmas? Yes. Yes. Some of you are not. It's amazing to me. Uh, this is the best time of year. The, 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 sometimes the trees change. Well, not really here in Arizona. They just, the leaves fall off the, off the trees. We can go up north and see some pretty stuff. Uh, but it's a wonderful time to hang out with friends and family. You get the Christmas songs. You start singing different uh, things. I, I know my family were already lit in November. We were like, KEZ has got Christmas songs already. Uh, and uh, we, were, we were tracking that. I think it was like November 1st. That's craziness. But, uh, but now it's starting to get in the full swing. It's, the, it's starting to get a little cold, a little, uh, a little nippy. We get to wear our sweaters. I got a sweater vest today. Yes. Uh, it's so good. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a great time. And I got to imagine like what it must have been like the season's time in, uh, for, for a young woman named Mary. Uh, Mary, she's a, a, a Jewish woman, uh, a girl, a teenager growing up in um, there in her, her quaint little town and uh, in Judea, and she's just wanting to get married, the, the sights and dreams of getting married. Who would have thought, though, that she was going to be pregnant first, and she would never even have a relationship with the guy? Like, that is mind-blowing. And at the very beginning, I just think we have to say and acknowledge something. Because when you read something in the Bible, whether you are new to church, maybe you've heard the story of, of, of Mary for years, and it's like, well, I've heard this story. Okay, I'll pull it off. No, no, no. Let's just pause for a minute. Time out. Like, let's think about this. How in the world does somebody become pregnant without having a relationship with somebody? How, how is that possible? It's unfathomable. It, it would blow your mind. It would like knock you off your rocker if you were on a rocker or if you had socks on and blow your socks off. It, it, it would, it, it's just like, it's a miracle. It's truly a miracle. And it's actually, it's actually proclaimed way in advance beforehand. And I, I want to show you the verse. I'll put it on the screen. It comes from Genesis chapter three, verse 15. It says this, God speaking to, to the to the devil and to the woman and Adam and Eve in the garden after they had sinned. And he says this in the scene in verse 15. He says, I'm going to put enmity, mean opposition. I'm going to put opposition, ill will, bad feelings between you and the woman. And the woman he's speaking to is about, is this woman Mary, who's about to come. Along, God, God sees the, the past, the present, and the future. God is almost like the Goodyear blimp, okay? Up high, he sees the whole, whole parade from Macy's Day Parade from the beginning to the end. And we didn't even have a Macy's Day Parade this year. That was so sad, okay? Uh, but imagine, like, to see the start and the end. God sees it all. He sees everything, and he's telling the world, he's telling mankind, and he says, hey, I'm gonna put an enmity opposition between you and the woman, between your seed and, and her seed. And he shall bruise 
you on the head, I'll crush you, and you shall bruise him on his heel. Speaking of the, what Jesus was gonna do at the cross, and this is why we get to celebrate Christmas. See, Christmas is, is the best gift of all. You've heard the Bible verse before, for God so loved the world, he, he gave his one and only son. And whoever believes in him will never perish but have everlasting life. We're talking about the greatest gift of all mankind was about to be given this day. And it's why we give gifts at Christmas time because of what Jesus has done for us. What God has done for us, he's given us the wonderful gift. God the son be, becoming, man, God becoming flesh, becoming man. And he lives this life for us. And who gets to be the blessed one? Who gets to be the one that all of the angels have been waiting for for a long period of time. Imagine what the scene must have been like in heaven, waiting for the Messiah to come, God to reveal himself to mankind. You think they were listening to Alex Trebek and going, da, 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 da. Is it time to answer the final question? Who is Jesus? Who is coming to this earth to save the world? Who is this man? Look at the scene, verse 26, because I think Gabriel, the angel, was super excited about what was about to happen. Luke chapter one, verse 26. All of us look down at it together. It's gonna be good. All right, let's look at it. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, Gabriel is the messenger. He loves to deliver messages. He is like UPS before there was UPS. He is FedEx. He's the postal man. He loves to deliver the message that God sends. And angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city in Galilee called Nazareth ah, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Will you say this out loud with me? Three, two, one. Greetings, favored one. Okay, in, in, the, in the Hebrew or Greek, however you want to you know, try to translate it, get it back to its original context language, she, he's like, shalom. Hello, your favored one. You the woman. You're, you're it. And, and then what does she do? What does she do? Look, look at the, she, by the way, he says, the Lord is with you. He says, but she, she was very perplexed. At the statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. And the angels, angel said to her, oh, my bad, my bad. I'm supposed to, when I meet people for the first time, I say, do not be afraid. <laughs> Every time in scripture you see like the angel of the Lord, one of, the, one of God's messengers, because people freak out when they see an angel. If you've ever seen an angel, uh, you would freak out. And they usually have this opening greeting. Hey, do not be afraid. The Lord is with you. All right, all right. Do, do not be afraid. And he's like, oh, my bad, my bad. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Forgive me, I just was so excited to deliver this great news. We've all been waiting for how God, because angels love and long to look down on what God is doing for mankind. You see, God did not come to this world to save angels. He did not come to save animals of, uh, of any kind. And I know dogs go to heaven, I get that. But the reality is, okay, that's a joke, don't take me, okay, all right. Some of you are gonna tweet that out now. Like, hey, that's, is that true? All right, now, the reality is God came to this earth for humanity. He came in the form of flesh. As Paul would told the Galatians, as we saw last week, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might come to redeem those in this earth. He came as flesh so that we could have the adoption. We could be a part of, of his kingdom, of his family. 
at the perfect time. And Mary, of all the people in the world, she's the one who's blessed. Why her? I don't know. Why not you? Why not, why not somebody else in the family? Well, there, there is, well, you could say there is some certain reasons why, why Mary. Because years ago, way before all this stuff, not only was, the, was this woman was going to conceive and have a child miraculously by God doing all the work, nothing that man could do, then this was so important. Man cannot do nothing, do anything to earn salvation. God has to do everything, and he provided the person, Mary. He provided the family. It had to be through the, the line of Judah. So Mary's family is from the, the family tribe of Judah had to be uh, in a part of King David's lineage, had to come from the root of Jesse, which is David's father, had to, had, to, had to come all the way through this specific line, bloodline, specifically because God had a plan through the kings of old that the new king of kings and the Lord of lords would come. And there in a town of, of Nazareth, that many people in those days would say, what good comes from Nazareth? Anything good got to come out of Nazareth? That'd be like saying, does anything good come out of Surprise? Did you, you guys know why the city of Surprise is named Surprise. Because some farmer out here who had land out here, his wife would be like, it'd be a surprise if anybody ever moves out here. Nothing good comes out of Surprise. Well, Surprise, okay, we are here. It's crazy. And, and nothing, what good can come out of this, this town? What good could come out of her? You see, but God looks at every single one of us Perfectly, uniquely, we're wonderfully made. Right there in the, in the very beginning, uh, in our mother's womb, tells us in Psalm 139 that God was, he was there. He's woven us together intimately, every, every aspect of us. We are so precious and unique. I'm a twin, I know. And, and even my brother and I, who are identical, we are different. We are unique. There's, and there's no one like him. And I try to be like him. I tried for years. I even dressed like him, shaved my head like him. I, I tried to work out and be like him, and I, I still can't match him. I can't be like him because I'm uniquely and wonderfully made. Every single one of you in this room, you are uniquely and wonderfully made, and there's a purpose and a plan for your life that God has for you, and he wants to come and unpack that and reveal that and for you to discover, and for Mary at this moment. Oh, Mary's this blessed one. And God had a plan for her life. We lift her up and we put her on this pedestal higher than above everybody else. But she's just like you and me. She's just a normal person. That God has had a specific and unique plan and she was, she was favored above all else to come and deliver something of great importance. Boy, talk about being a UPS driver and delivering that package. Don't drop that. Imagine what that must have been like, holding the child. I, I have to tell you, when, I was a, when, I was, when we first had our firstborn, she's a week old in our house. We had these cool little, uh, these things that you, the children sit in, the babies sit in, and, it's, and, and they kind of bounce. It's like a little, uh, it kind of, if they move, it just kind of softens them, calms them down. And uh, we were, as, as newborn, as new parents, if you're a parent of four kids, you're like, okay, we can leave them in this room for a minute and walk away. But, but, when they're newborn, newborn, you're like, wherever we go, we've got to take them with us. And so my wife said, let's go to our bedroom. So I pick, I, I didn't pick her up. I picked up the thing. And it says, I should have read the instructions. It says, don't, don't pick up when a child's inside because it collapses. And I picked 
picked my daughter up and I dropped her. <laughs> I can chuckle about it now. But I was for like an hour and I, oh, I thought I destroyed the, my, my child's life uh, at this moment. Is she going to be okay? Praise God. I talked to her today. She's good. Uh, <laughs> But you don't know sometimes until they get older. And imagine what it must have been like, you know, having the angel come to you and say, hey, blessed one, you have the, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Don't blow it. <laughs> imagine what that must be like. Like, this is the precious one. The weight of all the world's on your shoulders. Good luck, Mary. You're a teenager. You got it. Oh, my goodness. That's got to be It's got to be intense. And to have this, and he says in verse 31, which is, which is special and unique, he says, behold, you're going to conceive in your womb and bear the son, and you shall name him Jesus. Praise God she didn't say Jesus. No, I'm just going to get Nobody, it's a tough day today. All right, it's good. All right. He, he will be great. Love it. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, his kingdom will have no end. How great will he be? Isaiah the prophet in chapter nine is recorded that he will be wonderful counselor, almighty God, eternal father, the prince of peace. This is the one who would come where the he would restore the sight to a blind man. Spoken of by the prophets of old that if he's going to be the king of kings, he would restore sight to those who can't see. He actually gave eyes to somebody. John chapter nine, never saw before, and yet all of a sudden, miraculously, he heals them. The lame will leap. John chapter four, five, you, you see this man who's on the ground, he can't get up, and yet Jesus Jesus comes alongside him. Do you want to be healed? I don't know. The guy kind of pauses. He says, I came to just heal all people. And he, and, he, and he brings a guy back to life. You look through all throughout John, every single aspect of his life. He turns water into wine, chapter two. Throughout the book of John, he, 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 he feeds 5,000, John chapter six. The whole, whole book was written so that we would know Jesus Christ is God. And here in this moment, he's telling Mary, you don't need to read the Gospel of John. You're going to write the Bible through your life. And here it is. This is the Son of God, the Eternal One. And every one of us in this room need to understand it and walk away. Whether in at home right now, you do not miss this. Do not miss this. Please do not miss this. Jesus. Jesus is just not some curse word or some name. Jesus is a special name. And he is God. He is the one that is so different. He's not Muhammad. He is, is not some false deity, not a statue. He is personal. He is real. And he came to this earth in the form of mankind, and you can come to know him personally as your Lord and Savior. He came to us so that we can have a relationship with him. He desires to... He desires to have a relationship with us. And that's why he came and he did something so, so devastating that he would come and, and, and openly, publicly lay his life out so gruesomely to, to die on a cross for our sins. 
Though his death is not the end of that story, and this is why we can have a relationship with him, because he, he rose from the grave. This, see, this, this story is really about what he was, who he is and what he was going to do and be delivered. He would be birthed in a way, but really there would be this new birth, the resurrection, a, a, like a whole new, like a proof of, in the a thumbprint of who exactly he is by rising from the grave. And I hope and pray that truly, as, as a church, as, as, a, as, a, as a group, a community, as, as people who follow Jesus, that we take this seriously, that we have, we have somebody who's with us now and forever who loves you and will be there with you. He will never stop loving you. And this God that is spoken of here, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. And that means if we are a part of his kingdom, you, are, you have a God that you can come to who is gracious and kind, who really gets off his throne and he comes to us and he says, come to me all who are weary, who are burdened. I wanna give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Cast your cares upon me. I am your king and I don't want you to wrestle and go through stuff. There's no need to. I'm, I'm God and I love you. I love you. No other God says that sort of thing in any other religion. Only the God of the Bible, only the God, Jesus, Yeshua, he is the one who comes and says, I love you right where you're at. And I'm gonna, this is, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna come and live a life just like you. And I, I understand everything that you're going through. I understand your thoughts, why you think the way that you do. I understand your feelings when you have a broken heart. I get it when someone says evil things about your life. I get it. I get it. Jesus is just, he desires to be your God and your savior. Hold that truth. All right, let's back in for a second. Verse 34, we see something unique with Mary for a moment. Mary said to the angel, um, hey, how can this be? I'm a virgin. That's a good, honest answer, right? Good question. How is this even possible? And, and she says it just because she doesn't doubt. This is not a question in, in the Greek as in doubt. This is actually a question like, how does this happen? Because I, scientifically, I don't, I don't understand the process and how this is gonna work. And I love the response of Gabriel. He says to her, verse 35, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Behold, even your relative Elizabeth right now has also conceived a son in her old age. That's a miracle in and of itself. And she who has been called barren is now in her sixth month. And this is the response that all of us need to read out loud together. If you want to highlight, circle, underline something in your Bible, please do verse 37, because he says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Would you say that with me? For nothing will be impossible with God. I just pictured Tom Cruise lighting the match and walking away and saying, dun, 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 because nothing is going to be impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. I like this, this thought and this phrase, and I put it for you, the screen for you. Uh, for there's no word of God shall be, uh, no word of God is powerless, but God will absolutely perform what he says. Everything that God has said in his word, in, right here in the text, everything that we read that you come to, no word of God is powerless. No, everything, it has power right here in this word. For God will absolutely perform what he said. There is nothing impossible with God. And I share this with you. I was talking with a gentleman uh, the other day. We were having a conversation about the things of the Lord. 
And every one of us, you know, that we need back, we kind of have to reset in life. We, we really need to start reading the Bible more. It is here we find peace and clarity. We go to so many things that we go, we, we look on Twitter, oh my goodness, you read Twitter, you just go through the stuff and you just like, you can either get really upset or frustrated. You go to, you go to Instagram and you start to getting jealous of, of everybody else's cool Christmas displays and, and stuff and then you go to Facebook and yeah, you wanna take a book to their face sometimes and, uh, and uh, you, you go to different places and you just kind of put your, your, your heart up and go on. You can go to different friends and talk to them, but you know what finds peace and calm and reality, not the news and, 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 and not other things, but when I just stop and pause and read the Bible, it brings peace. It brings rest, clarity and hope. There's something to calming about it and it's a feeding. It feeds us. I think it's why the Hebrew writer would say it, this word is, it's sharper. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It can pierce right between bone and marrow in your body. It gets right to the heart of the issue. And the heart that every one of us needs, needs to have is, is, is the word, the word of God, which is Jesus. Well, Mary does something that I think every person, when they come to hear and meet the Lord and it's powerful because I think we see it in every person's life in the Bible following Jesus. It says there in verse 38, Mary said, behold, behold the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed her. You know what she says there? She says, may it be. It's another way of saying amen. I agree. I believe. I believe you. In fact, I, I am, I'm just a bond slave. A bond slave was somebody in, in her day, was somebody who had worked as a slave and had been set free. Her debt was paid in full. And now that person doesn't have to stay in that household who was once her master. But she chooses to stay out of the freedom that she has been given. And she wants to serve she doesn't have to, but she desires to. And she becomes a bond slave. And in, the, in her day, she, they would have taken her ear up to a doorpost and had it been pierced through an awl. It's like an earring, you know, but it sounds brutal uh, the way they do it. But the reason why they do it that way into the doorpost is that so she was a part of this family. Her, her part of a piece of her is a part of this home. She walks into day and night, and she's literally saying, I am a bond slave. I'm a bond servant. I am, I am just a, a, I'm a part of God's family. I, I believe in this, and I'm going to follow. I'm not going to rise above my master. I'm going to choose to submit and to serve. I, I, just, I just want to be a part of his story. And so what does she do? Well, Gabriel gave her an idea what to do. She ran to a relative to go talk about what had happened. Look at there, verse 39. It says, now at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry. Boy, she's obedient. She's kind of excited. I'm gonna be with baby. And, and she went up to the hill country to Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And Zacharias, he's, he's one of the priests. He's one of the very important priests in, in the day. And, uh, and they have never had kids, but, but she knows Elizabeth's pregnant. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. I'll talk about a Lord of leaping type of thing. This is John the Baptist, by the way, in there. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And she cried out with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among the women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Kind of hearkening back to Psalm 127. And how has it happened? How has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby even leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believes that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Oh, that's so cool. She believes, she believes that what, not, not just, oh, it's gonna be okay. No, she, she realized and understands like Mary's believing this out and walking this out. May I encourage you with this? Jesus came into her life, literally, physically came into her life. When Jesus comes into our life, may we be like Mary and believe with our whole heart and live it out for the fullest. Like God literally has dwelled within us. Those of us that have made a decision to follow Christ, he lives and dwells within us. All things are possible with God. Everything's possible. And he dwells within us. Mary, she's like, I'm gonna go all in. I, I, I'm gonna get picked on because people in her community are gonna say, hey, hey, how did you get pregnant? Uh, words out on the street, Joseph and you haven't been together. I didn't go to your marriage ceremony and I didn't see you guys uh, hooking up on Instagram. I didn't see that. What's going on? How's this happening? The reality is she's gonna get picked on because she's different. She's unique. Jesus is within her. You know, as a Christian today, I begin to think Jesus is within us. We should look different. We should be different. And we should live as if John the Baptist was jumping in the womb with joy in his heart. Come on, church. My wife always says, you always work a song in here somehow, some way. And, and God just did something in me so right now. And I wanna do this with you. It's in the morning. You've been singing so well, beautifully this morning. Hey, if you got Jesus in your heart, where do you have that? Dead in my heart. Where? Where? I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? My heart. I got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. And then, you know what? It makes you so happy. It makes you so happy. Some of you at home right now, you're like, this is so weird. And what is going on right now? Some of us in this room have grown up in a church, and as a kid, you sing this song, I've got this joy, joy, joy down in my heart. And you say this weird question, where? And it just reminds you where. Jesus is down right there in my heart. And he's got this, this hope. See, Jesus brings hope. And there should be joy for every follower of Jesus Christ. Because the God of the Bible of yesterdays is the same God today. And nothing is impossible with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I, I love how, how the songwriter of Mary Did You Know, his name is Mark Lowry. He's a part of the, the Gaither vocal band. He wrote this song not as a Christmas song. He wrote it as a plug and play for a friend of his named Michael English to record for his solo album. And it became a radio hit in the 1991-92 season. I remember because I was, I was young listening and I had to get that tape cassette. <laughs> and, I, and I got it and I'm listening and I'm like, this is cool. And then one day some radio station guy starts playing it for Christmas. And now Mark Lowry, he can just retire on his million dollar income and uh, rejoice. 
But really, it was a song written about a declaration of who Jesus is. That Mary, he says, did you know that your baby boy would be Lord of all creation? He would be the one to one day rule the nations. That he would be this perfect lamb of God. And I love how he says that the sleeping child you're holding truly is, he says, is the great, the great, what? I am. And this, is, this was like the, the pivotal moment for this song. As it builds up, it's been building up for this one line, for this one moment to really say and unpack who this I am is. The I am. Do me a favor in your Bible for just a minute. Go, go to your right, John. I want you to go to John for a minute. That's the next book over. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. John chapter eight for just a minute. And as you go in there, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna read to you the, the rest of Mary's statement. He says, she says this about everything. As you're going there, I just want you to listen. John chapter eight, go there. And I'm gonna read Mary's magnificent reply. She says, my soul, my soul exalts the Lord. It means it magnifies. If I could just, just focus on one thing, I'm gonna exalt on you that my spirit, my spirit is rejoicing that my savior, my savior, my king of kings, my Lord of lords, for he has regard for his humble state of his bond slave. For the mighty one has done great things for me, for his holy name, and his mercy is upon generation to generation towards those who fear him. For he has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are poured in thoughts and heart. He has brought down rulers with thrones. He has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and he has sent the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servant. I love it. She, she discovers and unpacks this I am. That, that he has done these things, that he has done this. In the very last line, he says, she says, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. As he spoke, as he spoke to his fathers, Abraham's descendants generations and generations. This is what God has done and what he's going to do. This is what he's done for me. And she just doesn't say that he's just a baby within me. He, she says that he is my savior. This, this child is the precious, the precious one who would one day walk on water that the, line, the blind would see, the deaf would hear, and the, and the dead one day would live again. When Jesus walked this earth, there was a man, a best friend of his named Lazarus. He was a good friend. And he allowed Lazarus to die. He heard Lazarus was sick, but he heard he, he's like, ah, I'll get there. I'll just hold up a little bit. And he waited. When all hope was lost, he's literally dead. The guy's dead for four days, and now he's starting to decompose. And Jesus comes rolling up on the scene in a town called Bethany, and he, and he sees this tomb and people crying, and he even weeps because, see, God hates it, what sin has done. And he groans, and he's for mankind. And he looked at his friends, his loved ones, and he says, do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? That he who believes in me will never, will never taste death. Do you believe this? They said, yeah, we do, but one day that's gonna happen. He says, no, 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 I am that right now. Roll away that stone for me. 
And he says with a loud voice, I just have to imagine, maybe it was a calm voice, but I know it was a voice that started all creation. I know it was the voice that spoke all of us into existence. I know it was the same, same breath that started the stars in the sky. And he looks at those, those graves and those dead people that are there, and he says just one name. If he had said them all, just rise, everybody would have risen, I'm sure. But he speaks directly, Lazarus, Lazarus, you come forth. And out of that tomb comes a dead man walking. But it's unique because the Bible speaks about dead men and dead women, dead children. For we are dead people walking because the wages of our sin is death. But there is this free gift that God gives through his life, through the Son. Because who the Son sends free, they are free indeed. And God has given us a gift of all eternity because it's all about who he is. He made a claim that should never be forgotten. It's right there in John chapter eight as we're all there right now. And he says at the very last section of John 8, if you look with me, verse 54, they were kind of wondering, who are you? He says, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. In verse 54, that it is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. And you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that do not know him, I will be a liar like you, but I do know him and keep his word. For your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Abraham. The Jews were like, Abraham? Dude, that was like thousands of years ago. And so they said to him, you are not yet 50 years old. Have you, how have you seen Abraham? And Jesus looked at them and said, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was even born, I am. Now, what does that mean for those of us who did not grow up in those days? Maybe we didn't read our Torahs, our Old Testament study of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. When Moses was walking up on Mount Sinai, looking on the mountain of God, God met him in this bush that was burning. And God said to Moses through this bush, he said, take off your sandals. This is holy ground. And he's like, no one's gonna believe me. Who do you think, how, how am I gonna tell people about what I'm seeing right here, right now? And he says, you tell them this, that this is my name for all generations to come. You tell them I am that I am. This would be known as God's name. To, to show and demonstrate the clarity and un, the unpacking of who he really is, that I am, I am to all generations, I am the father of all fathers. I am, he would say, your savior. I am your leader, I am your helper, I am your healer. I am your answer, I am your hope, I am your strength, I am your shield, I am your refuge, I am a place that you can run to for safety, I am, I am salvation. I am that I am. And Jesus says, you better believe I was there. Even Mary believes that I, this, the one who's in me is, is the great I am. Well, those Jews, if you look at there, verse 59, what do they do? They picked up stones to throw at him because they didn't believe that he was the eternal God. So Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. 
You know, I look at this passage and I look at this thing right here for all of us. Christmas, this season, and these songs that speak about our Savior all lead us to one main driving point. That Jesus is God. And we've got to do something about it. Some people turn their backs, they pick up stones, and they just don't want to believe. But for those that do believe, they discover that God is just not a God who sits up in the clouds and, and delegates things. No, he's a God who gets personal. And he gets intimate. And he gets real. And he deals with everything that, he, that you and I go through because he understands what it's, what it's like. He loves you right where you're at. And we need to believe that. And God desires a relationship with you. Right now, for, for all of us in this room, I'd, I'd love for you to just bow your heads with me for a moment. With their heads bowed, and, and just, maybe you want to close your eyes for just to, for brevity. So there's no distractions around you. Just, just for a moment, listen. God comes into this world to demonstrate that he doesn't want to dictate. He doesn't want to lord over you, but he just wants to be with you. Mary got to realize that, believe that. To experience that. And he comes right now to him and he invites himself to be a part of your story, your life. He comes and he says, I, I am that I am. I am the great one who has come to, to set all people free. Freedom to know that no matter what happened yesterday or what happens tomorrow, that same God who, who demonstrated his love to come into this earth he, to give you a present, a gift of forgiveness and acceptance will still be there. He loves you and he wants to be a part of that story of your life. And maybe some of us have like held back. We haven't fully, maybe you've opened up that gift of grace and forgiveness, but yet you push it aside so many odd times and you've just, not really like Mary who's, gone all in to believe and walk the walk with Jesus to hold his hand day in and day out don't hesitate anymore today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts but today make a decision to walk firmly confidently with the Savior because greater is he who is in you than the one who is in this world. There is nothing impossible with your God. So the things that you struggle with, the things that you're, you're fighting with, cast that on the Lord. Let him take that for you. Let him be your God. Let him be your I am. Let him move those mountains that you just can't shake off. And if you've never received the gift of salvation, would you just call on his name today?
and believe on him. I'd like for you to pray with me right now. Father, we just say thank you. Thank you for your gift. Your gift of salvation through your son, God the son, Jesus Emmanuel, who is with us, not just then at that moment for the angels to declare and celebrate, but, but you are with us now because nothing can separate us ever from your love. Thank you, Jesus, that not even death or life or angels nor principalities, there's things present or things to come. There's not even a height or depth and the breadth or width. Nothing can ever remove us from your presence and that your presence is right where we need and want to be. Father, thank you. I just ask that you even right this moment for those that are yours, that they would, you would just wrap your arms around them and, and, and they would experience your, your grace, your love and protection. And for those of us Maybe, you, you, maybe you'd never believed to, on Jesus as your Savior. I, I'd love for you just to, today, make a decision to receive a gift, a free gift of eternal life. By believing Jesus, he is the way. That Jesus is your hope. Say this with me. Just say, Father, I believe in you. I believe you came to this earth to die for me, to die in place of me for my sins. Thank you for accepting me and loving me right where you're at, where I'm at. And I ask that you would fill me, Lord, Fill me with your spirit. Thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. 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 Hey, well, let's, let's, let's thank the Lord today for, for his story.